Hi, welcome to the Hope with Ruth podcast. I'm Ruth Clements, and this podcast is a space to listen to hope-filled stories, faith-fueled thoughts and reflections, and practical suggestions for having hope in times of hopelessness. Welcome back to the Hope with Ruth podcast. It's wonderful to be with you again for a short while as we think about hope in difficult times. The theme of this second season is Q&A in painful times, where I will be exploring questions and answers that I have felt and experienced during my own seasons of suffering. And I am sure many of you have also thought about or maybe know too well uh, the questions and answers that we're going to be thinking about. Do have a listen to the previous episode if you haven't already done so as that explores the why behind some of the suffering that we know in this world by it's no means a definitive answer I think I just had a disclaimer saying you know I don't have all the answers but from experience I would love to share a little bit about what I've learnt and some of yeah share some of those questions and perhaps maybe it will make someone listening feel less alone in their own a season of sorrow or doubt or struggle or suffering in any form. So I do hope that it will be beneficial to you. So today I'm thinking about the question, how will I get through this? This is what one that I probably asked myself right at the start of being referred for a suspected relapse of Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a type of blood cancer. And I had that over 10 years ago when I was 19 and relapsed again um, in 2020. So I'm going to be sharing a little bit about that story and thinking about the underlying sort of answer that I think my heart was longing for, which is provision. When we think about how will we get through this, how will we get through something, we're thinking how, how, how are my needs going to be met in this situation? Will I be provided for And that doesn't mean necessarily we might think provision in terms of a monetary need that might play a part of it. But provision just generally for whatever the need is, will it be met? So I'll share a little bit about my story now. So um, on Christmas Eve in 2020, so this is going to be a little bit about the relapse. So the second time that I've had cancer. Um, On Christmas Eve in 2020, I went to the GP to get a lump on my neck checked out. After the brutal year of lockdowns, uh, just giving birth to my second baby in November and my dear Nan passing away about a week prior to this appointment, my heart was heavy and my anxiety was high at the very real possibility that the cancer had returned. I remember clearly walking home after the appointment in the dark with car headlights and Christmas lights um, all around Uh, starting to blur and merge their colours as tears filled my eyes. I cried and cried on the way home, silent tears but inward sobs, feeling like I was gasping for air. It was the longest walk home of my life. I was dreading going back to my family having to tell them the news that would cloud over our Christmas. Death was at the forefront of my mind as my nan had passed away in hospital fairly suddenly only a week earlier. I was struggling to keep the thoughts away of leaving behind my husband and children, who at that precise moment in time were playing in the warmth of a house decorated for Christmas. On the way back, I stopped in front of a friend's house, who I had saw on my way to the doctor's appointment. I shared what was happening and said I would keep her updated after after the appointment at some point. On the way home, I stopped in front of her house because I didn't want to go home and tell my family how will I get through this? How will we all get through this? I didn't know exactly. 
all I could see was this mountain in front of me that overwhelmed my soul. This house that I stood in front of became one of the many ways that I believe God provided for me at the start of this ascent into the unknown. It was unknown in one sense, as I truly did not know exactly how this was all going to pan out. Yet, as I have gone through cancer treatment before, I had the memories and the sense of dread of what I knew would come. As I looked at my friend's house, I urged my body to move and knock on the door. She opened it and was greeted by my face with tears running down my cheeks. I don't remember what exactly we said. I know we were not meant to come close or hug because of the lockdown restrictions, but in that moment, being human and needing real, tangible comfort, it overtook us both as she comforted me and I embraced that. Her presence was what I needed to receive, and if I hadn't have met her on the way to the appointment, I probably would not have knocked at hers on the way home. I know that the Lord establishes my steps and he knows the need before even I know my need. Everything was in place. The verse that was on my mind on that walk home was Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I held on to that and turned it over in my mind. Do not fear. He is with me. Do not be dismayed. He is my God. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me with his righteous right hand. He will do it. There is so much I could share about the provision of God during both times of having cancer. I was diagnosed the first time when I had just started university. I had no family nearby, but the Lord provided someone to sit with me to receive the news that I had cancer. I was blessed with a Christian doctor at the hospital who prayed with me before I was sent back home to begin chemotherapy and who organised all of the paperwork for a speedy transition. I got to stay with my dear neighbours who had a spare room for me to be able to rest during treatment and who showed so many acts of kindness that my heart is greatly warmed just thinking of them. I experienced the kindness, compassion and skill of so many healthcare professionals over the years, including many more Christians who encouraged me in my faith. I had a mum and a sister who faithfully prayed for me and continue to do so. Having cancer for the second time with a young family gave me a new perspective and a very real focus on losing them. It was very scary. I was the most scared I had ever been. I was frightened of having high-dose chemotherapy. I was deep, deeply saddened and anxious to have to be away from my family for a time as an inpatient receiving an autologous stem cell transplant. I had no idea how my husband would do. He is amazing, but I do not want to overlook the role that the caregiver has to go through in this. Yet the Lord provided me with friends and family to provide lifts to hospital and meals after treatment, prayers, cards and gifts, words of encouragement, a shorter hospital stay than anticipated, a bedroom at the hospital when I was in isolation that had a bird table outside it, and two weeks of glorious sunshine and stunning sunsets. The mercies were abundant and my needs were met at just the right time. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It is his grace and his power at work in my weakness, and it is sufficient. Just like that verse in Isaiah, he is the one who is with me and strengthening me at every turn.
The answer to how will I get through this is a very real one at a time of struggle, where we may feel it is beyond our ability to cope. At these times, many of us cope in different ways. Often this is through the loving kindness of others who rally around and help us. Such a mercy. It might be through distracting ourselves from the reality by engaging in activities like hobbies or getting out in nature, enjoying a good movie, treating ourselves to something. Or perhaps they're not so helpful activities which may lead us down a darker path, such as dwelling for long periods on the circumstances that we face, overeating, which I've struggled with, turning to addictive behaviours and so on, just to get through. People of all faiths and none experience all sorts of suffering and hardships across the world, and they have ways and means of getting through it. But my hope is not just about getting through the situation or my suffering to the other side, even though, of course, I want that to happen. My ultimate hope is to know that the one who promised me that he is with me, he is my hope, that is my hope, to know the one who has promised me that he is with me. The hope of Jesus is the ultimate answer to how we will get through all of life and face death with hope in our hearts. You see, God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today and forever, as it says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. I may get through one aspect of suffering, only to be greeted by another. Circumstances change. People come and go. I have missed my nan so much through all of it, and she was not there the second time around. But my God was with me. My nan could not give me her reassurance over the phone, but the truth of God's word comforted and consoled me in my darkest moments. Sicknesses come, go, and sometimes they never leave us. I lived cancer-free in my mind for 10 years, never realising I would have to walk through that again. I don't know if I'll have to go through it anymore, but I know that I am ageing, that I am not getting any younger, and I will not escape death. But I have this certain hope that the God in whom I know will be there in death and raise me to life to be with him. I know because Jesus overcame the grave and rose again. Death was not the end for him and it isn't the end for any of us. We have a choice whether we want to be with Jesus or not. But if we choose to reject Jesus, what is left at the end of our life? Instead of light, because he is the light, the light of the world, there's darkness. Instead of hope, there's fear. Jesus has come to save us. That is the message and the hope of the cross. But if we reject him whilst we're on this earth now, what hope will there be afterwards? When Jesus was on the cross, one of the thieves that was being crucified next to Jesus put his hope in him. He knew that he was wrong and getting what he deserved and that Jesus was innocent. And he asked Jesus to remember him when he entered his kingdom. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And you can find that in Luke chapter 23, verses 42 to 43. This man, this thief, turned to Jesus in his last moments on earth and Jesus told him that the, that day he would be with him in paradise. None of us know when our time is up on this earth, but we can know Jesus today and we can turn to him today. I pray that if you have not yet come to know Jesus, that you will consider this thief who turned his life to Jesus in his last moments. I would urge you not to wait, but to turn to him now. 
Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let him be Lord of your life. Receive his free gift of grace and know all it cost him on the cross. He died for you. And he sends his Holy Spirit to help you to go through these trials when you believe in him. His spirit becomes a part of us, it's in us. We have this new life as Christians and we are learning to live day by day trusting in him and knowing that we never have to face anything, no matter how dark, no matter how tragic, by ourselves. If you do know Jesus, abide in him and walk in the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust that the Father will provide for you in your need and give you everything you need when you need it. As writer and missionary Elizabeth Elliot said, you are loved with an everlasting love and underneath are the everlasting arms. And I would encourage you as well to check out Elizabeth Elliot, um, her life and her work. I'll put a link in the show notes um, for some of her talks and books because it's been incredibly helpful to hear her um, experience of suffering losing her first husband, Jim Elliot. Um, he was killed tragically by, by sharing the gospel to an indigenous tribe. And actually, Elizabeth ended up staying and witnessing and, and bringing those that killed her husband to know Jesus. And it's, a, it's an amazing story. She's written a lot on suffering. So I would encourage you to, to listen to Elizabeth Elliot. You can listen to some of her talks on YouTube. Um, on on a website of um of hers, and yeah, no, I've been very very encouraged by her, and uh, she I think she did a title of talks um that suffering called suffering is never for nothing, so it's definitely worth checking out um what she has to say on the topic. But thank you for tuning in today. Uh, do remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss an episode. Um, the next episode will be released next Wednesday. Um, and if you're listening this later, it's a weekly podcast that I'm doing at the moment um, in, in different themes. At the moment, it's kind of like seven part series every season. Um, so I really hope that you'll be able to journey with me as we explore hope. So go to ruthclemens.com for more content and you can get in touch via email at hello at ruthclemens.com or by social media. Until next time, take care. God bless.